Cowboys Nation, and welcome to Inside the Cowboys. I'm your host, John Williams. You can find me on Twitter, at John9Williams, and you can read my work over at InsideTheStar.com. Make sure you've gone back and checked out some of our previous podcasts where we've had Bob Sturm on the show, and we've had some other guests as well. In today's episode, I'm going to answer some of your questions submitted on Twitter. You can submit your questions each week over on Twitter or to the Inside the Cowboys Facebook page. Uh, and so our first question, it comes from R.S., and he asks... Do you think Zeke has already lost his long speed? I think this is an interesting question, and I don't think that um, Ezekiel Elliott has lost his long speed necessarily. I think some of the things that we saw out of Elliott last year uh, were more due to him not getting a full training camp, uh, really having to play the regular season as if it was his training camp. Yes, I know he did some training over in uh, Cabo, uh, but that's not never going to replace what you do um, in your two-a-day practices, uh, in your conditioning, in your weightlifting with the team. Um, and so I think some of what we saw out of Ezekiel Elliott, and specifically in the first half of the season, even though he was still putting up good numbers, um, he wasn't necessarily breaking away from guys. He wasn't breaking tackles as frequently. Um, he just didn't really have his sea legs you know, under him yet. He didn't really have his playing legs under him yet. And so much of playing the running back position is having that strength and that balance to be able to bounce off tacklers. That's not been an issue for Ezekiel Elliott in the first few years of his career until it was in the first you know, six to eight games of the 2019 season. And so I think as we look at Ezekiel Elliott, you know, I think over the second half of the year, he started to get more explosive. He was breaking more tackles, and he was actually finishing some runs, you know, 20-plus, 30-plus yard runs, um, and doing the things that we had grown accustomed to seeing Ezekiel Elliott do uh, in the first three years of his career. Now, you know, the running back position is a, a position where you're going to see some wear and tear. And so, you know, to answer, you know, RS's second question, was he playing a bit too heavy? Well, I think, you know, that's that's not really for me to answer. I mean, that's a subjective question. And that's really for Ezekiel Elliott to, to know is what's a good playing weight for him. Uh, I think, you know, running back, because you're going to be taking such a physical pounding, you know, game in, game out, every snap you're getting hit, and especially Ezekiel Elliott, where they ask him to pass block quite a bit, you know, he's going to take a lot of a lot of punishment. And so he's going to need a little bit more muscle, maybe even a little bit more fat on him to be able to take that, you know, that the, the punishment that require is required of him. Because again, he's not playing a position, you know, like the wide receiver position where you know he may not you know be taking on or the wide receivers may not be taking on linebackers, defensive tackles. Uh, defensive ends, things like that. Where Ezekiel Elliott, you know, was getting contacted a lot of the times at or behind the line of scrimmage and was having to make things happen after contact. Uh, you know, I still think that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be a really good runner for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think we need to be concerned about um, his long speed. You know, I think he began to show that towards the end of the season. Uh, I think it was the Washington game in particular where he was actually you know, breaking some longer runs. And so I think, you know, with a, with a full off season this year, a full training camp. You know, we're not going to have the Ezekiel Elliott holdout like we did last year. Um, so with a full training camp, I think he's going to be in much better position to start the season on a better note. Now, historically, you know, over the first three years of his career, you know, he was a player that kind of started slow to begin with. Uh, you know, it usually took him a couple games for him to get going. Well, if you didn't have a training camp, and so the first you know, half of the season or so is the is your training camp. And then it takes you a couple more games to get going on top of that. Then it's easy to see why maybe he didn't look as spry or as fresh as he had in previous years. And so 
you know, let's not worry too much about Ezekiel Elliott, at least right now. Obviously, if you know, we go into the 2020 season and he's not breaking tackles, he's not bouncing off contact very well, he's not able to finish runs, he's not breaking into the secondary very frequently, then I think that we need to be, you know, we definitely need to be a little bit concerned. But given the contract he just signed, you're tied to Ezekiel Elliott for at least two more years. Uh, maybe even three. I'd have to go back and look at you know, his contract structure a little bit, but I believe that they have um, some kind of some outs of his contract uh, at the twenty after the twenty twenty one season. So you probably have two at least two more years with him, um, and then if he continues to produce at at the rate he's been producing, you'll probably see he'll probably see the life of that contract as the cap goes up um, and his cap hit you know lessens. Uh, but again, don't worry about Ezekiel Elliott. He's still one of the better players on your team. You know, the debate for whether they should have paid him or not. I mean, that's in the past. There's nothing really to debate anymore. Um, you know, we can look back historically if we want to, but, you know, just enjoy Ezekiel Elliott while you got him. Uh, you know, he's going to be a Dallas Cowboys running back for the foreseeable future. And he's going to be one of the most important players on the offense still. Even though the Dallas Cowboys will look to go a little bit more West Coast, they'll look to throw the ball a little bit more. Ezekiel Elliott is still going to factor into the offense at a heavy rate and he's still going to get his 20 to 25 touches per game. Uh, but we're just going to hopefully utilize him a little bit differently. Hopefully a little, little bit more in the passing game, getting him out into routes that kind of utilize some of his receiving ability. Cause he is a good receiver and he may not be a Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, but he's a good receiver and he may not make a lot of guys miss, you know, after the catch, but you know, we've seen him make a lot of plays downfield on those wheel routes, especially, you know, I think back to 2018 against the Detroit Lions when he you know, caught a pass down the sideline and sealed the game. And then there were a couple times in the 2020 season, or 2019 season, pardon me, that he did the same thing. And so, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is still going to be a Pro Bowl player for this team, you know, pushing for all pro selections. Um, so let's not worry too much about Ezekiel Elliott, okay? Let's just enjoy what he does as a player. Um, you know, again, I think a lot of what we saw in 2019 was him just kind of getting warmed up so much or so to speak um, the back half of the season Ezekiel Elliott was a much more explosive runner in my opinion uh, and then let's let's go on to uh, Mike's question Mike Crum asked which Cowboys free agents would you bring back uh, which ones would we re-sign and which ones would we tag well, let me first just talk about the, the players I'd re-sign uh, these are kind of the lower level players uh, the ones that aren't going to be demanding big contracts. Um, you know, Randall Cobb is going to be a free agent, and I absolutely would love to bring Randall Cobb back this year if he's willing to come back at a similar pay rate for a couple more years. Uh, you know, it's really hard to find a slot receiver who can average 15 yards for reception. But that's what Randall Cobb did this year. You know, that's, you know, he was a really, really good player. Yes, he struggled with some drops. But he also had some plays called back due to penalty where he could have scored a few more touchdowns or had much you know, much bigger days certain weeks. Uh, but with a holding call or a tripping call or illegal formation call, he had a lot of those plays called back. And so his numbers, even though they were pretty good, they could have even looked better. Uh, I think the rapport that he developed with Dak Prescott in such a short time, I think that's going to be really vital moving forward. And obviously being a Mike McCarthy draft pick, Back in, I think, 2010, you know, Randall Cobb's got a history with this offense, with Mike McCarthy. And so he could be a really instrumental player to helping the Dallas Cowboys evolve their offense from some of the Coriel-based 
philosophies to more West Coast philosophies. Uh, obviously, they're going to be using some of the same language as Mike McCarthy has already you know, spoken about. Um, but as far as kind of instilling concepts and what the what Mike McCarthy is going to want to do um, in combination with Kellen Moore's offense, having a guy like Randall Cobb who's got experience with Mike McCarthy could be really valuable uh, to a player like Dak Prescott, to an offensive coordinator like Kellen Moore, just to help them install install you know this hybrid or this blend of West Coast and whatever Kellen Moore's offensive system is going to be. Uh, I think you know we can look at Sean Lee. Sean Lee is expected to be a free agent as well. He's going to be 34 this year. I would like to bring him back. You know if he, if he's willing to come back on a one year deal, um, and you know I think he's still valuable depth. You know, if we look at the linebacker position, you're just looking at Jalen Smith and you, and Leighton Vander Esch. And given Leighton Vander Esch's neck problems, I don't think it's a guarantee that we're going to necessarily see uh, Leighton Vander Esch, you know, for the for a whole 16 game season. You know, I I, I still think that um, having depth like Sean Lee and and you can look at even Joe Thomas, who's also a free agent, I think bringing both of those guys back would be really valuable or Malcolm Smith, who the Dallas Cowboys brought in toward the end of the season and actually made some plays for the Dallas Cowboys uh, in their last few games. So if you bring back two of those three, Sean Lee, Joe Thomas, or Malcolm Smith, to add linebacker depth, I think that'd be really, really beneficial to the Dallas Cowboys. And you know that would give you four linebackers with some veteran experience in Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith, and then two of those three. Uh, and then it allows you, if you want to try and develop a Luke Gifford from the practice squad, or draft a linebacker, um, you know, in the fourth round or beyond, then you're not necessarily hindered, um, but you're also not relying on a young player to be that valuable uh, linebacker depth. And so I think, you know, the Dallas Cowboys need to look at bringing back two of those three guys, Sean Lee, Joe Thomas, Malcolm Smith, just to give them um, some security, I guess is the best way to put it, because if Leighton Van Der Esch has a setback in his neck or if he takes a hit the wrong way, you know, he could be out for a, a lengthy period of time. And so if you've got a player like you know, Malcolm Smith, who's going to be 31, or Joe Thomas, who will be 29, um, you know, those are guys that could continue to make plays for you at the linebacker level. You know, I think you know, with the new kind of multiple defensive scheme that Mike Nolan's going to want to run, you, know, you need guys that have some versatility and are going to be able to blitz the, you know, rush the quarterback quite a bit. And you know, Jalen Smith does that really, really well. But we're also going to need players like maybe Malcolm Smith or Joe Thomas that can, can also do that. Joe Thomas has some familiarity with Mike McCarthy as well. He you know played under Mike McCarthy in Green Bay, and so potentially he's a guy that the Dallas Cowboys may look to bring back because of that familiarity. You know, it doesn't it never hurts to have guys on your roster that know um, an incoming coach and are able to help develop that culture in that locker room that that head coach is wanting to develop. Um, and so I definitely look at bringing Joe Thomas back as one of your you know, backup linebackers if he's willing to. Now he's got the ability to go be a starter somewhere else, but it's just a matter of does he find the right opportunities? Does he find the right money? Um, you know, he knows this system, and he knows this—or not this system, but he knows this situation—with uh, Mike McCarthy, the Dallas Cowboys. And so this could be a very comfortable opportunity for him uh, as he approaches age thirty. Um, but so I definitely look at bringing Joe Thomas back again. Malcolm Smith came in now. With his connection to Chris Richard, it's probable that you know he's a one and done guy here because Chris Richard isn't coming back. And so, you know, if you can talk Malcolm Smith into coming back, or you can talk Sean Lee into coming back, 
I would definitely look at those two. Uh, and then, you know, if you look at um, you know, the offensive line, you know, Joe Looney, Joe Looney's going to be a free agent this year. He's 30 years old. Uh, and I, I would bring him back as well. You know, you can age pretty well as an offensive lineman, and he hasn't had to play a ton. I mean, he played the whole 2018 season, and, and the Dallas Cowboys played really, really well with him at center. And so I would really look at bringing him back because he's been valuable depth for you. He knows you know, he knows your quarterback. He knows your offensive line. He knows a lot of what Kellen Moore's wanting to do because he's been here under Kellen Moore now for a year. And so you know, he's not going to cost a lot of money to bring back. Last year he made $1.8 million. I think you, if you could talk him into coming back for that or just a little bit of a raise to $2 million, two and a half, then he's somebody I'd, I'd very much like to bring back. Again, offensive line depth is very valuable. Yes, you don't want to overpay for it, but you definitely want to have it. You know Joe Looney. You can trust Joe Looney. Uh, Dak Prescott would trust Joe Looney. Uh, and so it's just a matter of, you know, can he find a starting job somewhere or will, you know, will he, the Dallas Cowboys look to bring him back? Uh, a few of the other free agents that I'd be interested in bringing back um, that are kind of more depth guys, uh, obviously Blake Jarwin, who's a restricted free agent, I would definitely bring him back. Uh, Cooper Rush, I would really consider bringing him back as well because he's, again, been a backup quarterback for you for the last several years. Um, you, know, you know him. Uh, and it's obviously it's possible that Mike McCarthy would want to bring in somebody different and bring in his own guy. But Cooper Rush has developed, and he's he's shown some really nice things, especially this last offseason. Blake Jarwin, he could potentially be your starter in 2020 at the tight end position. Obviously, he's got some things he's got to work on in, in the run blocking game but I would definitely really you know, seriously consider bringing him back. And that kind of takes us to some of the defensive linemen. you got Kerry Hyder uh, and Malik Collins. Kerry Hyder, I don't, I don't really know what to think. I was a little underwhelmed with him last year. Uh, I do think he's a guy that if you're looking to be a multiple defense, uh, showing some, some different fronts, he's a guy that could help you because he could play some you know, three technique. He played one technique in Matt Patricia's system in Detroit. He can play defensive end for you. So he's a very versatile player. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of how much does he want. Last year he made a million dollars. He didn't produce a ton of sacks. Uh, but again, he's he's a valuable veteran depth present for, presence for you. And who knows, in, in Mike Nolan's kind of more blitz-happy scheme, potentially he produces more sacks for you. Uh, and then Malik Collins. Now this is, he's going to be a really interesting one because, you know, he's got a ton of experience as a, as a defensive tackle in the NFL. And that's really hard to find. He, he's only 25 years old, but he's got four years of experience. He's played pretty much every game for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, he's had an up-and-down career. He's been, at times, not necessarily a quality run defender. And one of the reasons that the Dallas Cowboys' run defense hasn't been very good. But again, he does offer stuff. He does offer something as a pass rusher. And who knows? Can Jim Tomsula bring something out of him that he hasn't had before? Uh, maybe it was, you know, Rod, Mar Rod Marinelli is a great defensive line coach, but perhaps he just, his, you know, um, his style of coaching or his style of defensive line didn't really suit Malik Collins. Maybe Jim Tomsula would be a better fit for Malik Collins and be able to get more out of Malik Collins. I don't know. Um, I think Malik Collins is kind of 50-50, there's potential that he could actually get a, a several-year contract somewhere else. The Dallas Cowboys need to up, upgrade their defensive line. You know, they'll have Tristan Hill in his second year. It'd be really nice to see if Tristan Hill can actually 
take a step forward, do something with the snaps and the opportunities that he's going to get. But you need somebody who's going to be a, uh, a solid contributor there, whether it's Tristan Hill or Malik Collins. You know, you know what you get with Malik Collins. It may not be great, but again, he could be a depth piece for you um, if you're looking to to have that. Uh, I think Christian Covington will be out the door. I, I just don't see a role for him. I would bring back Jeff Heath. Um, you know, as your third safety, as a special teams player, I think he could be very valuable. Uh, I know, you know, I, I posted a, a stat to Twitter the other day that said uh, among players with, I think it was like 200 snaps or so, Jeff Heath finished first in the NFL in tackling efficiency for pro football focus. And obviously, you know, some stats can be misleading and there's definitely some context there where you know, Jeff Heath isn't necessarily always around the ball to attempt to make a tackle, but every time he did attempt to tackle, he got it more often than not. And actually, he, had, he was the most efficient tackler in the league. Again, you have questions about his range, about his ability to take proper angles. Uh, but as a third safety, I think he's he could be a really good piece for you. You know, somebody who can play special teams, somebody who uh, you know you're going to get great effort from. Uh, whether you're getting the best ability is the question. But you know you're going to get great effort. And so, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have won a lot of games with Jeff Heath at safety over the last couple of years. Now, obviously, there's opportunity to upgrade, whether you're looking in the free agency safety pool or the NFL draft. Uh, but I would definitely bring back Jeff Heath uh, on a one- to two-year contract if he's willing to do that. And now let's talk about some of the big names. Dak Prescott's coming back, so we don't really need to spend a lot of time talking about him. At this point, it's just to be a, going to be a matter of contract structure and numbers. Uh, I believe that, that the Dallas Cowboys are going to bring back Amari Cooper on a long-term deal as well. I think, again, this is just my opinion, I think Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper really, really work well together. You don't want to mess that up. I mean, this could be, this combination of, of quarterback and wide receiver could be to the Dallas Cowboys what Matt Ryan and Julio Jones have been for the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe not to the same extent because the Dallas Cowboys will run the ball more, but Amari Cooper has that same ability uh, or a similar ability. If he was in a more high-volume passing attack, he could catch 100 passes. He could catch 120 passes. He could go for 15, 1,600 yards and 12, 14 touchdowns. And he's got that same skill set. Obviously, some of the questions with him are injury, um, he's, he's been banged up and was banged up most of 2019. Uh, but given that he was banged up for most of 2019 and he still finished with 1,100 yards uh, and led the, the Dallas Cowboys in touchdowns, it speaks to his heart. Now, I know that there are questions over whether he pulled himself out of the game late in the season or if he you know, didn't really have the best attitude toward the end of the season. But I think some of that was just frustration with his injuries, some of that's frustration with the rotation that uh, Sanjay Law and Kellen Moore were employing uh, for the wide receivers. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of people are talking about maybe franchise tagging him for the next couple of years, allowing Michael Gallup to develop, drafting a wide receiver, allowing that guy to develop. But I'd rather not um, have the, the salary of Amari Cooper locked in with one of the franchise or transition tags. I would rather have him on a you know five-year deal with a lot of his money structured up front, or at least in the, you know, in years, a lot of his guaranteed money structured in years two and three, allowing you to have a, a smaller cap figure in year one, 
which could allow you to be more aggressive in free agency with the defensive tackle class and the safety class that's available there. I think if you're going to tag Amari Cooper, then you're looking to replace him because you know, Amari Cooper on a franchise tag you know, is, is great, you know, but it's not a long-term solution. And so you, know, you traded your first-round pick for him in 2019, or in the middle of the season 2018, you traded your 2019 first-round pick for a year-and-a-half rental. I, I really don't think that that makes a whole lot of sense. So I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to want to get a contract done with him. Now, he might be fine playing on a franchise tag in order to get the money that he wants. Obviously, he played this last year on a, you know, basically what was a one-year deal, you know, as the Dallas Cowboys and Amari Cooper's agents couldn't come to a contract extension. And so he might be just willing to play it out and see what happens. But I, I think the Dallas Cowboys would be better off signing him to a long-term deal. Byron Jones, I wrote about it a couple weeks ago on InsideTheStar.com that I think the Dallas Cowboys could not afford to lose him. Uh, he's a player that creates a lot of debate, maybe even more than Dak Prescott in the, the Cowboys fan community. But yes, you want somebody who's going to get more interceptions, and Byron Jones just hasn't done that, whether he was a safety or a cornerback. But you're going to be hard-pressed to find a, co- a guy who can cover as well as Byron Jones can. And so I, I would like to bring Byron Jones back. Again, it's all going to be a matter of cost. If the Dallas Cowboys want to bring him back, they'll make sure that they have the money to bring him back. It's not going to be a matter of them finding the money. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of if they want to bring him back. You know, they, they might play it off in the media that it's about money or about the salary cap, but we know that they can structure contracts in such a way that they can make it work. And so it's just a matter of how much do they want Byron Jones back and again, I don't think they can afford to lose him. You know, I like Jordan Lewis, and I like, and I think Chidobe Luzier has some ability, just has had some bad luck. But I don't necessarily want to see this defense in 2020, 2021, without Byron Jones, kind of manning the right side of that defense. Uh, Robert Quinn is going to be a really interesting case to, to follow because you know, we had a, another breakout year with 11 and a half sacks, pass rushers that hit the free agency market or pass rushers don't hit the free agency market very often. And so he's going to be a player that's probably going to demand um, a pretty nice contract on the open market. Now, the the length and the the number will be the question. But I think the Dallas Cowboys kind of need to make a run at him because your options at the right defensive end spot right now are kind of unknown. You still have Dorrance Armstrong, who flashes from time to time, but you don't really know what he is. And then you have Tyrone Crawford, who may be a cap casualty this year or may take a pay cut to stay with the Dallas Cowboys. You, you might be able to start him at right defensive end. But again, that's a downgrade from Robert Quinn. Um, and then there's always the long shot of a Randy Gregory. You could draft a player. But again, you're, you're downgrading from Robert Quinn to whoever you fill in at that right defensive end spot. And so I think they need to make a serious run at bringing it back. Now, I think the debate needs to be Byron Jones versus Robert Quinn. You know, which would you rather have? I think, to me, I go back and forth on this. Some days I'm, I'm, I'd rather have Byron Jones. Other days I think I'd rather have Robert Quinn uh, because they both are elite talents, and, and so it's hard to replace that level of play um, with a backup player. or with you know, But there will be opportunities to add talent in the draft. You just, you just don't know how the draft is going to fall. And so the cornerback class, though it may be pretty good, it may not fall well for you to draft one at 17 or in the second round. Same with defensive end. You, know, you might look like this defensive end class, but if you don't get the one that you're hoping to get at 17, 
and being AJ Apenza. Apenza, so can't pronounce that name. Um, you know, in the first round, or if you're looking in the second round or later for you know developmental guys, again, you're downgrading at that position. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think the Dallas Cowboys still have a lot of questions, a lot of a lot of questions to answer as far as the free agency class goes. And you know, free agency will start in a couple months, um, and it remains to be seen just how they're going to play it. You know, Byron Jones and Randall and Robert Quinn to me are the, the two biggest question marks. But I I think Amari Cooper will be back. It's just a matter of in what capacity is he going to get a long-term deal or is it going to be the franchise tag? I think it's going to be a long-term deal because, again, they wouldn't have wanted to trade that first-round pick and then just have him for um, a year and a half to two years, two and a half years, um, and, and not have him for the long run. Again, he and Dak Prescott worked so well together, um, and Amari Cooper would really fit well in Mike McCarthy's scheme. Um, I think with... Byron Jones, it, it's it's going to be a big question as to whether they want him back or not. I think Mike Nolan's comments of the day about you know, quarterbacks not being afraid to throw toward players who don't create turnovers. Um, I don't know if that's just him talking and talking more about his philosophy as it comes as it goes with defensive backs, um, or if he was speaking specifically about Byron Jones. Um, it remains to be seen. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to answer a couple more of your questions from Twitter. Um, Make sure you stick around. Again, you're listening to Inside the Cowboys. Hey, Cowboys Nation, and welcome back to Inside the Cowboys. Again, I'm your host, John Williams, and we're answering, or I'm answering some of your questions from Twitter. Uh, The next couple questions we're going to talk about are draft-related, and I'm just going to preface this with saying I really haven't watched a ton of draft film at this point, and so I don't. I'm not going to have a lot of in-depth analysis on some of these these draft questions, especially specific players, uh, but I'll talk more in generalities. The first question comes from uh, J times two, and he asks, in the first round, would we rather, or would I rather have a safety or a defensive tackle? Um, and I'm going to answer that with a yes. No, uh, so much of this question is going to depend on what the Dallas Cowboys do in free agency once it opens up March 18th. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys will have a little more than a month once free agency starts to address some of the holes that the Dallas Cowboys have on the defense, especially you know as we look at safety, defensive tackle, potentially defensive end and cornerback. The Dallas Cowboys are going to have some work to do um, to fill those holes. And what they do in free agency may give us some indication on what their plans are for the draft. Now, obviously, if they go into the draft and we're still looking at Xavier Woods and question mark at safety, then you'd think that they'd be looking heavily at a safety or if, you know, at defensive tackle right now, we're looking at, um, you know, just Tristan Hill. We don't really have anybody else to speak of after the free, you know, the biggest, you know, the big run of free agents go, then you'd have to seriously look at defensive tackle. But a lot of it's so much of it's going to depend on which safeties are there, which defensive tackles are there. Um, does a wide receiver fall to them that they, that they love? You know, for me, you know, I look at Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Henry Ruggs, and I think if one of those players is there at 17, you have to think long and hard about about passing on those guys because they are game changing game changing players, each with different skill sets, but each can really help your offense just become that much more explosive. Now, the Dallas Cowboys won't need a wide receiver whenever they come to drafting around pick 17 because I do believe that they bring back Amari Cooper. I do believe they bring back Randall Cobb. And so between Cooper Cobb and Gallup, 
as your you know starters in your 11 personnel, there's not really a whole lot of room for a rookie wide receiver to come in. However, if they franchise tag Amari Cooper and they sign Randall Cobb to maybe just a one-year or two-year deal, then you have a long-term need at wide receiver that could be filled by a C.D. Lamb, a Jerry Judy, or a Henry Ruggs III. And again, you know, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, those guys are two of the best players in this draft. Uh, you know, yes, they play wide receiver, but it never hurts to have enough wide receiver talent to where you could go 10 personnel with your four wide receivers and just, you know, and just really threaten the defense. Because if you go 10 personnel, then you're not going to have a loaded box for Ezekiel Elliott to run against. He's going to be running five on five, or they're going to have to drop a safety, which is going to open up things for players downfield. You know, the Dallas Cowboys have an opportunity to upgrade their offense. You know, if, if it's with a wide receiver in the first round, yeah, that might bring some questions because they might have other needs. But if you add a CD Lamb to this offense, or you add a Jerry Judy or a Henry Ruggs to this offense, how much more explosive is it? I mean, if you watch any, you know, of OU or Alabama last year, you saw that each three of those guys has the ability to take the ball to the house every time they touch it. CD Lamb is one of the best wide receiver tackle breakers I've seen in a while. Jerry Judy just doesn't get touched, and you know because he's just so elusive and quick. And then Henry Ruggs, he just blows by you. He's got that Tyree Kill, Nicole Hardman type speed that he's just going to take the top off the defense. And so I, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys necessarily need to be locked into a defensive focus in the first round. Now, obviously, that's where the biggest needs are. But if if they fall in love with one of those wide receivers, it would not bother me one bit to see them draft one and then have Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore just run a lot of 10 personnel and then just attack defenses. Now, I think you know the Dallas Cowboys would probably look at the defensive side of the ball in the first round because there's a lot of really nice defensive prospects there. Uh, and again, it's just going to depend. And I and this is one of those positions that I go back and forth on. I really like Javon Kinlaw. Um, you know, our guy Patrick Kahn, formerly at Draft Cowboys, uh, mentioned him as as a guy that's very much like a David Irving type, just really long, strong, big, got a lot of size. Uh, that can play three technique, is going to get after the pass rusher, is just going to blow up pockets. And there's a lot to be said for that. Now, you've got Tristan Hill. If you draft your you know, your three tech in the first round and you have Tristan Hill sitting in the wings, he's also a three tech. What, is, what does that mean for him? Now, I'm not saying that you can't go into the draft thinking that you have to not draft a three tech because you have Tristan Hill, but you just spent a premium pick on a three tech the year before, you know, you'd have to really, really love Javon Kinlaw and not feel great about uh, Tristan Hill to make him your first round pick, especially when you have a bigger hole at safety. And so if Javon Kinlaw, Grant Delpit, Xavier McKinney are all sitting there at 17 for the Dallas Cowboys, I think that they would lean towards the safety. Now, it would depend on who they feel like is the better prospect, Grant Delpit, Xavier McKinney. I think both of them have you know, elite defensive back ability. Uh, Grant Delpit's a little bit more of a kind of ball hawking sideline to sideline, has big range. And, and Xavier McKinney looks like he's a guy that is going to play more downhill, is going to make you know solid tackles. He's going to be a really, really good defender. But he's also going to be able to play, you know, play the ball in the air very well as well. So I think, you know, to me, I kind of lean safety at this point because – the main reason is I think the defensive tackle class is really, really strong. Uh, now, there's no telling what the defensive tackle class will look like 
sorry, the free agent defensive tackle class is going to look like come March 18th. But right now it looks really strong. And so the Dallas Cowboys have an opportunity to um, add really, really good players to supplement their defensive line through free agency to allow them to draft more freely once they come to the draft. However, the safety class is also really strong in the 2020 free agency market. And so, I, you know, I, again, I would like to see what the Dallas Cowboys are going to do uh, in free agency before I could really make a, a firm you know, conclusion on what I would do with this, with this draft pick at 17. Right now, I tend to lean more Grant Delpit um, over Xavier McKinney and Javon Kinlaw. Mostly over Xavier McKinney because Grant Delpit just seems to have you know elite range from sideline to sideline. That if you put him back as your deep middle safety, um, he's going to be able to to go wherever the football is at. You, there's not going to be a throw that he's not going to be able to get to. And over Javon Kinlaw, mostly because of some of the medical issues he's dealing with, he had to bow out of the Senior Bowl early because of some knee issues. And I don't know about you, but for me. I am a little tired of the Dallas Cowboys taking these injury risks. Now, I know, you know, Leighton Vander Esch is a really, really good player, but some of his, you know, some of the, the concerns about him coming out were that he had some neck issues. Well, what are we seeing now? Some neck issues. And so I don't know um, if the Dallas Cowboys will completely mark Javon Kinlaw off the board. I want to see what his medical check comes back like at the draft combine. But right now I'm seeing a lot of, Mock drafts have Javon Kinlaw going way before 15, so um, you know before the Dallas Cowboys pick at 17. So if the Dallas Cowboys target him and are going to want him, they're going to have to trade up to get him at this point. Um, as far as other first round defensive tackles, you know, doesn't really look like there's going to be anything in the Dallas Cowboys range, and so it's looking like safety would be the pick. Again, we see safeties fall every year in the draft. There were several there for the Dallas Cowboys last year in the second round. Um, that they passed on. And so it's just going to be a matter of what, what have they done in free agency? What does the roster look like? Uh, because I think there are, is going to be opportunity for them to upgrade in free agency. And let's take a look at our last question. This one comes from Terry Lynch and he asks what my thoughts are on the tight end Cole commit. Well, again, I haven't watched much of him play. Um, I haven't watched many of the tight ends. Um, but just looking at the box score, and that's all I can look at, you know, 43 catches in 10 games, 515 yards, 12 yards per reception, and 16 touchdowns. That's pretty solid out of, out of a Notre Dame tight end. Um, you know, obviously I want to see what he can block like. Um, some draft analysts kind of estimate that he's more in the like, second or third round kind of guy. Um, you know, he was second on the team for Notre Dame in receiving yards, receptions, and touchdowns. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's an encouraging sign to me that you know, he's a player that was able to um, do that well, especially considering you know, they, the, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish didn't necessarily have the best offense going um, in 2019. Uh, and so, yeah, that, I mean, tight end is obviously a question mark. Uh, I think, you know, if the Dallas Cowboys went into – 2019 with Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin at tight end, I think they'd be fine. Um, so much of what held the Dallas Cowboys back last year was was some of the kind of the personnel decisions and, and snap counts that they gave to J Jason Witten because he didn't really allow for much of a threat down the field from the tight end position. Now, there's a lot of talk about Blake Jarwin as a blocker. To me, you can you can 
kind of mitigate some of his weaknesses as a blocker if you just don't put him in line. Put him out in the slot. Run run out of more of a, a four-wide look or a 10-personnel look. You know, draw a linebacker out to the slot when Blake Jarwin's on the field, and then you can run the ball, and you, you might have a, a cleaner lane to run from. Or if you want to use Dalton Schultz as your primary run blocker, then you, you have opportunities. Because Dalton Schultz was a good run blocker in college, and in the limited snaps he got last year, he looked to be doing just as well. So I, I think, you know, tight end is going to be a need. I think they could find a way to upgrade through a trade if they wanted to. You know, there could be some options for them out there. Uh, but, you know, with Cole Komet, Hunter Bryant, the Dallas Cowboys might have an opportunity to upgrade their tight end position through the draft. Just a matter of, do they find a guy that's, you know, a guy that can block and catch the ball? Can they find dual purpose tight end? Or do they feel comfortable just saying, you know what, Blake Jarwin's blocking, yes, it's not you know, not necessarily good, maybe average to below average, but he offers more as a receiving threat, and he's got experience that we want to get him on the field more. And so even if we have to sacrifice some of his run blocking, if we can get him on the field for his pass catching, then we're going to do it. And he's shown that he's a dynamic pass catcher in the offense, um, and he, he can make a lot of things happen after the catch. And so I think the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they may look at upgrading their tight end position. But they also may look at this roster and think, okay, we're pretty good. And then they go and they sign, you know, a guy in free agency who's more of a blocking tight end. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Inside the Cowboys. Make sure you go give us a rating on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. Uh, tell your friends about us. Make sure you go to InsideTheScar.com. Check out my work over there. Uh, make sure you go to Twitter and follow me at John Nine Williams. We'll talk to you again next week and go Cowboys.